Welcome to the Business B-Side Podcast with Kim Westland. This is where we discover the stories of the people behind their businesses and inspiration for how their story might fuel yours. We're giving a voice to their B-Side, where the grit and the good stuff are. Let's flip the record over and pick up the conversation. Well, thank you for taking the time to join us here on the Business B-Side podcast. This is Deep Cut Series. And uh, this is so exciting for me because not only did I share my story in the first episode of this series, but now in the second episode, I'm interviewing my daughter, Jada Smith, and she recently founded the Daughter Creative Company. And we're going to be talking about how that all came to be, as well as some conversation around how she grew up in a single parent home. And I raised her as a single parent. And uh, and we're going to talk about how that shaped her life so far and what impact that has had on her identity. So I'm really excited about this conversation today. We've never done this before. So welcome, Jada. Thank you for having me. <laughs> of course. It's, it's really a full circle moment for me. So uh, super exciting as a parent. And, and Jada, just for our listeners and, and for context, you are now 21 as we are recording this podcast. And you are now venturing out into the world as a young adult. And you you didn't have any siblings, so it was just you and me for many years in the house, uh, doing life as mother and daughter. So I want to dive in here and, and talk about, in terms of career, you spent the last six years or so training in the hair industry. And, and part of that was through high school. And, uh, and you left the industry immediately after getting your Red Seal designation, which, you know, as a parent, I'm thinking... Uh, Really? Are you sure about that? But I want to kind of start there. And I want you to tell us a little bit about that journey. Yeah. So like you said, uh, I've been in the hair industry for five to six years. And uh, I mean, it was, it was great while I was in that industry. But, you know, after a certain amount of time, I just realized it wasn't my passion. It wasn't what I wanted to do long term. It was something that allowed me to explore my creativity. But once I got into the working world, I just felt stifled in a way I felt like I there are are aspects where I can be really creative. But then there are other areas where not so much. So it was kind of okay, I figured out I want to do something creative uh, with my life. But what is that? And once I got into hair, I realized, eh, this may not be it for me. Okay, well, that makes a lot of sense. I think you speak for probably a number of young people <laughs> that, you know, take a, a, a dive into something and start something. First and realize, career. Yeah, exactly. First career. Yeah. And this is maybe not what I thought it was going to be. And maybe, yeah. you know, that I'm bored of it now or whatever the case may be. So I think that's important that you kind of set the stage there and, and, uh, and, and tell us how you came to that conclusion. But uh, so now you've started the Daughter Creative Company or the Daughter Creative Co. As you you know, as we see it in print, can you tell us a little bit about the name of the company and how did you come up with that? So it was funny because for the longest time I was like, I know I want to start something, but I need a name. I I don't know, you know, I'm trying to brainstorm a bunch of names. I'm like, it doesn't sound right. It's not fitting well. It's not flowing very well. 
And I was kind of just doing my day-to-day thing. And I was driving one day and um, it kind of hit me. I was like, oh my goodness, why don't you just make the name simple and to the point, but what the whole point of your business is. So for me with the daughter daughter creative company, my identity as a daughter, and I know we'll get into that a little bit more, but my identity as a daughter plays a huge role into my brand, into my company of why I do what I do, but it's also a creative. I'm not limiting myself to a certain type of art. It's really an umbrella term for where this company is is headed towards. So you ended your career in hair at a very young age. You've now started this company and you did it in my opinion as a parent rather abruptly like this all <laughs> happened very very quickly you started you ended something you started this so why do you feel so strongly about starting this now like why didn't you do hair even if it wasn't your life's passion once you got your red seal for a little bit longer i am a person for those of you who don't know me personally i am very driven by passion For me, it was like, okay, you know what? I feel a huge purpose in what I'm doing now. And I lost that sense of purpose when I was doing hair. And so for me, I mean, to be honest, hair was consuming a huge part of my life. And I just went, you know what? If I don't take this step now, I may never. So I think, you know what? We're going to step out and do it now. And it's not going to be easy and it's going to have a slow start, but you know what? That's okay. That's how everybody deals with it. You know, I just, I never had time to work on it. I never had time to build on, on anything towards this company. So I just kind of went, okay, you know what? Let's do it. Like, you know what? I, like you said, I am only 21 and there are pros and cons to being so young. Uh, A pro of that is, I'm still in the process of figuring it out. And I'm not, you know, not that you can't do it 20 years down the line, but at 21, there's a lot more freedom to go, okay, you know what, let's give this a try and let's try this out. And I just, it was kind of a, I had more of a fear of not doing it rather than quitting and jumping in. I wasn't so much afraid of that. I was afraid that I was going to wait too long. And that I would no longer have an opportunity to do what I'm doing now. I like what you said about if if you waited, you were actually more afraid of not not going forward. Yeah. Thank you for for kind of uh, giving us some some context around why now and uh, and and letting us understand that a little bit more. So as I mentioned, you grew up with me, and I was the only parent in the household for almost your entire childhood. Uh, really as far back as you can probably remember for sure. How do you feel that this shaped you, this experience shaped you as a person now moving into adulthood? That actually has a lot to do with my company name and just the purpose and motivation behind my company. Because growing up in a single parent home has been wonderful, (laughs) but it's also had its major challenges you know, having a complete absence of a father for your entire life, childhood, the time that you are being shaped and molded as a person, 
is really challenging. And I didn't realize how challenging it was until probably starting around age 16. And then um, kind of really peaked, I want to say at age like 19, when you're starting to move into, okay, what do I want to do with my life? And it was it was interesting, because I didn't think at that time, I would ever see issues arise with any of that with my identity. But it really came out, you know, I suppressed that part of my life for my entire teenage, all my teenage years. So at 19, heading into my 20s, that's when things really bubbled over for me. And I just had this, this kind of gaping hole and question of, okay, there's a whole side of me that I don't understand. There's a whole portion of my life that I, I have a lot of questions. And it took and it's still taking me time to work through that and sort through that. You know, I know everyone listening, not everyone is a believer. I understand that. But uh, for me personally, my faith plays a huge, huge role in what I'm doing. So as my identity as a daughter of the king, that's where my name has come from is because I may not have been a daughter, you know, in a relationship sense to a father figure, but I am a daughter to my heavenly father, if that makes any sense. So that's where my identity has had to come from. I think a lot of people who grew up with two parents, I I can't speak for everybody, but you figure that out a little bit further down the line. Whereas I, I kind of had to figure that out. Otherwise I was just walking around with half of me confused. Like it just, I needed to get that resolved. And so once I took on that identity, I went, no, I am a daughter of the King. I may not have had an earthly father, but you know what? I found my identity somewhere else. Well, you, you just, you said a lot, you said a lot. (laughs) You know, again, I'm I interviewing you today, but I'm also your parent, right? I was the one who raised you. And as you mentioned, we have, we still have, we had a great relationship growing up, but I'm just one person and uh, I could only do so much for you. And you don't really understand what's missing until maybe it, it comes out in certain ways. And so I couldn't be all things to you. And so I understand when you say that, and you know, as you've explained it along the way, you know, it's helped me understand more and more kind of what, what that journey has been like for you. So that's why, you know, this is important to talk about. And I think, um, you know, again, just you're at such a pivotal point in your life and understanding this. So, um, so thank you for sharing that. But I want to talk as well about that I think it's significant the struggle with how you related to men growing up and mm-hmm. uh, and you've talked you know we've talked a little bit about that but I want to I want to bring that into the conversation so not having a, a father figure but how you related to all men so what are your thoughts around that I have to say and before I answer that question I, I just want to make a note because Um, I am 21. And I know a lot of people in my generation or younger or growing up. I know a lot of younger uh, people don't really like to listen to their parents sometimes and don't like to listen to older people. So I, I do feel honored to be somebody 
that is close enough in age to talk about this. But for myself, yeah, it, it caused major issues. And I personally, when I was growing up, I just thought, oh, I just have a really strained relationship or idea of what a father is. Little did I know that especially once I reached 13, 14, 15, it massively impacted how I viewed all men. I was so shy and quiet. You know, there was a lot of negative, and I feel like there still is to this day, to be quite honest, um, a lot of negative attention around men. And as a teenager growing up with social media, that is something I kind of was like, oh, you know, I don't have a male telling me otherwise. Maybe that's true. Because or at least those were the the messages that you kind of yeah. grabbed hold of. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because to me, in my mind, I thought, well, my dad isn't here. So there must be some truth to that. There must be some truth to men can't be trusted and whatnot. And it's taken years. Like, I, I really want people to understand because I know that there are people who can relate to this. And that's where, for me, if it wasn't for my faith, I absolutely, I don't think I would have started this company. I don't think, you know, because the whole point of this and the whole point of why I do what I do is to help other people with their sense of identity and to remind you with every product that we make that you are loved, you are cherished, regardless of what your home situation is, regardless of who is present in your life, regardless of, you know, what your background is, what your ethnicity, race, gender, like regardless, you are chosen and you are loved. And, you know, we all have our own battles that we struggle with every single day. This just happens to be mine. And I know from talking to a lot of my friends and, and former co-workers, this is something a lot of people struggle with is lack of maybe it's not a father, maybe it's your mother, maybe, you know, a bad step parent, like, I, I'm not sure what the, the situation is. But I know there, there are people who can, can relate and there are ways to move forward in your life. I, I think, you know, what you said is so important, but also that aspect of you've created this narrative you know you talk about that it's taken you a long time and it is taking you you know it's a journey to, <laughs> to work through but but you form this narrative and you you start living by that narrative and and in order to change that you have to change the narrative and I think that's what I hear you saying is you're working on changing that narrative and uh, so yeah. I, I just want to I want to take that into you know kind of circling back to your current business. How do you connect this experience of yours with your art? So kind of marrying yeah. those two things together. What does that look like? So for me, when I figured out what I want to do with my life, I am not somebody um, who can sit at a job where I don't love what I'm doing. I just am not wired that way. I will quit eventually. <laughs> it's just, I'm not that person who can sit in a job that I don't love. And so for me, really, during quarantine, March 2020, because I was still at uh, the salon I was working at full time. And we got shut down for a total, we were on again, off again, for about six months. So I was out of work for like half a year. And uh, for the first time we shut down, it was like a three month 
lockdown. And during those three months, I went, I have plenty of time. Let's do something I want to do. And for me, I've always been an artist. I know you have brought me up because you did fair share of art in in your <laughs> in your time. I sure did. But so for me, it was like, let's try a new art form. Let's try something different. And so I tried, I kind of gave um, like weaving and fiber arts a shot. So kind of those tapestries that are part of my business today. But that time was, I just kind of, it hit me. I was like, this is something I love. But when it came to creating the business, I went, how can I marry both passions together? Because I'm passionate about my art, but I want my art to have a purpose. I don't want to just create art just to create art. Sure, that's very fun. But that's kind of what I do in my spare time. How can I use this to help other people? And so for me, that kind of took some introspective work and going, okay, how can we approach this? And that's when I had to think back to, all right, you know what, what have I struggled with? What am I passionate about with helping other people? And it was the topic of identity because absolutely, I still, like I said, I still struggle with it. I know plenty of people struggle with it. And if I can use a piece of art that's visually appealing and somebody look at that and go, huh, I remember what this person wrote as a part of who I am. And just have that little reminder with you, whether it's in your car, in your home, you look at that and go, you know what, there is someone out there who knows that I am worthy and I am enough. Because I know if I'm not passionate about it, it's not believable. There's, right. <laughs> I, I always want to be passionate about what I'm doing. Could this, so you're talking about messages. So you incorporate messages of identity within your art pieces. So those could be words or phrases or maybe not. Maybe it's, it's just something inspirational that you weave together and somehow would speak to somebody. Yeah. All right. Well, that's exciting. I know I have been the recipient of one of those pieces so far, and I can (laughs) attest to they're absolutely beautiful. Uh, you know, today, Jada, our lives look very different than what they did a few years ago, as you know. I- I've since remarried, and you now have a stepdad. And I will say, this wasn't an easy transition for you, and I don't want to speak for you, but I know that <laughs> going through the process, uh, we're a pretty solid family now. But can you describe how this was pivotal in moving forward and, and, and maybe how this is setting the stage for future relationships? Absolutely. At the time, I remember this was an extremely, of my short 21 years to this point, that time when you were starting to enter a new relationship, who is now my stepdad during that time, I remember we were also visiting the place where my dad was. Unfortunately, he has uh, passed away. So at that time, uh, we were incorporating a lot of different, there was a lot of moving parts going on at that time. There was a lot of identity issues that had to be confronted. And at the time, 
I remember feeling like this was the absolute end of the world. Not that you were seeing someone, but it was a matter of, I don't know who I am and I don't want to confront this area of my life. I've kept this away for my, at that point, up to 19 years. I never addressed this issue. I never talked about it. I never dealt with it. And so having it all come in at one time was a lot. It was overwhelming. It was hard. I have to say that was probably one of the hardest years of my life because that was when I realized how much of my identity was tied to my dad. And I didn't realize it because he was never there. So when you have that absence, at least for me, then when you finally address it, it's like, I didn't even know this was an issue. And it it caused a lot of confusion. It caused a lot of frustration. That, yeah, like that beginning stage, you can, you can uh, totally attest to that. It was hard. It was very, very hard. And it was for probably a good year, I want to say, for me internally. I know even when you guys got married, it was such a shift for me. I didn't understand what was going on. I just had never seen this before. I'd never experienced it before. But I do know now being kind of on the other side of that obstacle, if that had never happened, you know, I definitely wouldn't have started this. (laughs) And uh, it also, it, it caused me to realize how much it was damaging my relationships. Because at first I thought, I'm just angry that you're dating somebody and going to get married to somebody. But then I I went, I'm angry at like men, (laughs) like in general, I'm just angry with, with men, like, doesn't matter who they were. I, I just found a problem with every single one. And so it just really dawned on me one day. I was like, if I don't resolve this, if I don't deal with these issues, this is never going to get better. I'm never going to get over it, to be quite honest, if I don't confront this. And it took a lot of work, took a lot of like, and this is the thing I, I'm all for reducing the stigma around mental health. You know, I, it took counseling. It took a lot for me to get to a place where I was comfortable and I was okay. And it was nothing to do with, uh, with your now husband. It he was a fantastic, he is a fantastic guy. So it certainly, I knew it wasn't him. It, it was me. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, it just, it took a lot, but it was a crucial part of my journey and my healing process, to be quite honest. There were many, <laughs> many fights between you and I during yes. that, I will say year plus time, but I look back myself And I have seen your growth and I see the healthy relationship that you now have with your stepdad. And I think that is part of the healing in this journey and uh, just us as to experience this family differently and a little more holistically um, where, where you have that opportunity to, because you're still living at home, interact with a father figure on a regular basis. And I'm so grateful to that because Man, I, it was worth the fighting. It was worth the hard times. And and I'm glad you brought up that that your biological dad did pass away. That was a part I hadn't mentioned. But yes, he did pass away 
at the at the time when I started dating. Um, so it was it was a difficult period of time. So we had to mourn that uh, somebody you didn't know, but but that was obviously you know that's still part of who you are. And so it was a it was a very very interesting time for us as a family. So I I'm glad you shared all of that. Why is this important to talk about? Do you think you know we're saying this out loud? A lot of people deal with this behind closed doors. They don't really go on a podcast and talk about these things. So why do you think that's important? Oh man, for me, uh, myself, my life has been changed and shaped by other people being vulnerable and for other people going, you know what, this is what I struggle with and I want to help you. And so This is something that I know a lot of people don't want to talk about. I know a lot of people probably wouldn't want to mention, but it is so important for someone to speak up and say this, like you are not alone. First of all, if you are dealing with a home situation like this, You, for me, especially because no one else, correct me if I'm wrong, but no one else in our family had gone through exactly what I had. There was no one else who had a, grew up with a similar situation at all. And I had no siblings. So it wasn't like I could turn to my sibling and go, how are you dealing with this? Like I, I, I never felt more alone because I just felt like nobody, literally nobody understands what I'm dealing with. And again, it wasn't until I was older and I listened to other people and I went, Oh my gosh, I am not by myself in this. There are other people who have gone through similar situations, you know, where it's like, Oh my God, I can relate to you. You know, this person and I connect on a certain level because it took one of us being vulnerable and saying, this is what I'm dealing with. You know, how can I help you? I just, yeah, the whole, the whole point of, of all of this podcast business, everything is to help people more than the artwork, more than uh, the business side of things. That's fun. That's great. I love that, but that isn't the goal. And that's not the purpose at the end of the day. I just want people to understand that it's okay to struggle through things and it is okay to deal with this stuff. But it's also okay to get help and it's okay to feel like you're not making progress. But yeah, no, nobody, nobody's alone. I guarantee you. (laughs) No, no, you yeah, exactly. Nobody's alone. Uh, Your journey is unique, but I guarantee there's many, many, many people out there that can resonate with what you're saying and have maybe a similar experience in their family or from their own journey and can hear aspects of what you're saying and be able to really um, relate to their own lives. So it's really important we do talk about this. Uh, I'm just curious quickly, I want to know, I'm just kind of throwing this question in here because I have you. Um, How does social media, do you think, impact identity from your perspective, from, you know, your, your age and your demographic? What do you think? Well, it's funny because I sound, I probably sound um, old, which is shocking because I am You're 21. You're an old soul. <laughs> uh, 
I am very much. If anybody knows me personally who is listening to this, I am 100% an old soul. I am not, I have never been like a, a party girl. I have never been like, oh yeah, let's go out on the way. I know. I will no, make I can attest to, to that. <laughs> I will make excuses to stay home and just relax. But even with social media now, it's so different than when I was a teenager. And that's shocking to say because I am only 21. It's not like it was that long ago when I was a teenager growing up with social media. But I remember when I was a teenager, that's when Snapchat came out. That's when like Instagram became a thing. The old logos on there that looked like old TVs and like when YouTube looked like a old TV, like the app on your phone or whatever. And now that's like so far gone. People are like, it's like TikTok, uh, Instagram is still being used, but it looks so different than when I was growing up and it's shifted a lot. So I'm thankful that I am still at the age where I use these platforms because I can see how younger kids are viewing social media. For me, growing up, everything was pretty, it wasn't perfect, um, but social media was pretty, pretty mild. I don't ever remember coming across really photoshopped photos. Um, if I mean, they were there, but I kind of had to search for them to find them about, you know, girls with, you know, perfect bodies or perfect skin or perfect teeth or whatever. Whereas now people don't realize it's been doctored so well that I'll be scrolling through. And a lot of times I can tell the difference between edited and real. And it looks so, it's starting to look so real. The edited photos and edited things are starting to look like I'll, I'll scroll and I'll be like, oh my gosh, that person just looks like that. You know, I I will say, I think social media is getting better with um, kind of exposing some of that. I've seen a little bit of that, but I will say, because I know younger people who may be listening to this, <laughs> I know you don't want to hear this from your parents because nobody ever wants to hear this from their parents. I didn't want to hear it from you. Like <laughs> I've worked with you. So I know nobody wants to hear this, but please, please, please monitor how much time you're spending on social media. Because the times when I would spend hours upon hours upon hours, and trust me, TikTok is like an endless black hole of entertainment. You can be on there for hours. Set a timer, set a and reminder. And you were. Um, and we used to fight about that. <laughs> yeah. So just, you know. Yes. But please set a timer, set an amount of time that you are on social media. Because coming from somebody who was 21, it changes how you view yourself and nine times out of ten it's not for the better that caused a lot of struggles for me as well in conjunction with everything we've talked about social media played a huge role in I'm confused I don't know who I am I feel like I'm not enough and it still can if I allow myself to to be on social media all day every day you know and it's hard especially with our businesses as creative people we're on social media a lot for marketing, for, you know, advertising, but for personal social media, um, I'm not saying cut it out altogether. That's up to you 
independently and and what kind of lifestyle you live. But I will say, just be careful with social media. Be careful what you're allowing yourself to look at um, and take in all the time, because it, it really does a lot more damage than I think people realize. And I didn't notice how much damage it was doing until I took a bit of a step back and went, what other hobby can I do besides social media? What what can I learn today? What book can I read? <laughs> if you're not a reader, that's fine. Like, what can I go out, you know, get a friend, go for a drive and go get a coffee? Like, what alternative do I have? Yeah, I think it's just important to to make sure you're balancing that out. Yeah, and be intentional about it, right? So as yes. a parent, that's music to my ears because many <laughs> a fight did happen and we didn't yeah. fight a ton, but there was no. social media was was probably the top thing on the list to fight about. So mm-hmm. uh, and how much time you were spending. So there is hope. <laughs> Parents, there is hope we, you know, <laughs> to have these conversations and it stick. Yeah. Um, because we are living that out a little bit more now. So just quickly, what, who are you trying to reach with your art and your message? Uh, I'm assuming youth, but just clarify. Yeah. So, I mean, the nice thing about this is I know a lot of a lot of businesses have a target demographic, a target group that they're trying to reach. For me, my passion, first and foremost, is with youth, especially um, in that teenage range because that is such a time when you are being molded and that's the time when I had to deal with and go through the things that we've talked about today so first and foremost for me my passion is helping people in the state you know where I was at but there is no limit to age range absolutely not Um, because I've met 50 year olds 70 year olds 35 year olds who don't know who they are and need help. So it's not just for teenagers. Um, I have a soft spot for teenagers because that's where I was when I had to confront all this. But when you, you know, that the whole journey of you finding out who you are, it doesn't end. I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions is you deal with it in your teens, but as you're as an adult, you're not allowed to talk about it because you know you're supposed to have it figured out. <laughs> no, <laughs> many of us do not have it figured out. I heard something very interesting, and I, I think it was from a movie or something. I think it was on Netflix or something. Like, good job Netflix for for your script because I I watched a movie recently and somebody said, you know, we are just adults are grown children. We're still trying to figure it out. We act like we have it together, but we are still trying to figure it out. And so I don't want any adults listening. I don't want any single moms listening to sit there and go, oh, this is for kids or, oh, this is for teens. I may be 21. Regardless of age, I think age is something you can allow yourself to be very limited by age, Mm -hmm. Um, whether you feel like you're too young or you feel like you're too old. So I think- there is, there is really no limit to, to age because this is something everybody deals with. Yeah, absolutely. That is very, very true. So as we wrap up here, I know we've, we've just gone in, in, in a few different directions. We've had such a wonderful conversation, but I want everybody to know 
What's next for you? Where can people find you and your art? So for those of you who are in Calgary, um, I am actually going around to different markets. For those of you on Instagram, that's kind of the primary place where you'll see the markets that I'll be at. And then as well, like I, like I said, I have Twitter, TikTok, those kind of social media platforms. So I will have things updated there. Uh, But I do also have an online shop as well. And um, we'll have the link maybe in the description or something like that. But um, definitely check it out online as well. And uh, yeah, that's the daughtercreativeco.ca. CA, yes. Okay, the daughtercreativeco.ca. Okay. Thank you, Jada. I have to say, this has been one of my favorite B-side episodes. (laughs) I'm a little biased, but it's definitely been a favorite. This has been so much fun talking to you. And even though, you know, a really serious topic, a very kind of vulnerable topic, but such an important one. So I'm so happy we've done this. And from a parent's point of view, it's amazing watching you become someone who wants to change the world in your own way. So I love your heart and what you're doing with your business. And I can't wait to see uh, what comes of all of this. So, and it's, it's been just such a pleasure talking to you and, and sharing your personal B side. And so I also yeah. want to thank our listeners for joining us and catch you next time on the B side. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning into the business B side podcast with Kim Westland. This broadcast is sponsored by Channel One Productions, a company dedicated to helping people succeed through coaching, crafting stories, and creating solutions. You can reach out anytime, Kim at channel1.ca, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe to the Business B-Side on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or your own favorite podcatcher. Catch you next time on the B-Side.